In today's show, we're looking back at all 10 games from Monday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. We are here to break down the action from Monday. There were 10 games on. We're going to cover news as well. So let's get into it straight away. And the first bit of news we're going to talk about is that the COVID postponed games have been rescheduled. Now, you can go check our uh, schedule grid over on Basketball Monster to see where the new games have been positioned, but it does change some things for certain teams. Um, In particular, the Cavs now have a five-game week in week 23, the second last week of the season, if your league is still playing that long. And that's probably one of the bigger highlights there, but it does change things in terms of fantasy playoff schedules a little bit. Um, Some other games that weren't actually postponed were rescheduled in order to make the rest of the schedule balance. So just make sure you you are checking your schedule. But again, it is way too early to be making decisions based on fantasy playoffs anyway. Um, So we've got this adjusted now. That's not to say there won't be other adjustments or other postponements happening. Fingers crossed there isn't. But this is uh, what has happened now. So go and check that out to see where those games have been rescheduled too. Some big names returning. Kyrie looks like he'll return on Wednesday for the Nets on the road against the Pacers. He'll only have one game this week. He's going to be an absolute nightmare to deal with in weekly changes leagues and even in daily changes leagues. His value is going to be so small most weeks because he's sitting out half the games, over half the games, in fact. Clay Thompson returning Sunday, it looks like. Um, that hasn't been 100% confirmed, but it looks like it'll be the case. I imagine he'll be pretty heavily restricted for a f- couple of weeks, probably until February would be my guess. In the start of February, end of January, and he'll most likely, almost definitely sit out back-to-backs for the rest of the season. I do not believe that Clay Thompson is a must-roster player. Sure, grab him. We all love Clay. We all want him back. It's going to be awesome to have him back playing. I can't wait to see him play uh, next Sunday. But I don't think he's going to be a consistently good enough fantasy producer to be a must-roster player. Javante Green is out two to four weeks. That opens the value a little bit for Kobe White, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, and for Derek Jones Jr. for deeper formats. While the big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo, is out two to three weeks with that ankle. He rolled it. The structure of it is fine. They just said it's a, a mild sprain, so hope, hopefully, fingers crossed, there's nothing too severe there. He was not a 12-team league ad. He's obviously now, if you did add him, a 12-team league drop. Um, it does boost the value a little bit of Grayson Allen and Pat Connaughton, but they're not must-roster guys. They're more 14-team than 12-team league players. Darius Garland is back tomorrow. So we're not going to get an opportunity to see Rondo on the Cavs without Garland. We will get a chance to see Rondo on the Cavs without Okoro, because Okoro is out two to three weeks. But let's see how they decide to fill that gap. Will it be with Lamar Stevens? Will the Discman Chetty Osman move into that position? What does Rondo's playing time look like? He is off the injury report for the Cavs. He should be ready to go. We'll see. And we'll see how that all fits in. Denzel Valentine ended up going to the Knicks and then got waived. I don't 
really know what the point of the Knicks being involved in this transaction was. Like the deal was Valentine yeah, gets traded for Rondo and the Knicks just put their hand up and go, hey guys, can we like get be a part of this? And they said, oh, no worries. Um, and then they took Valentine and waived him and the Lakers paid them $1 million to do it. What? Why? What was the point? They exchanged the draft rights for players who were never going to play. Honestly, unless I missed something, I don't understand it. Anyway, Valentine's waived and he's a free agent and he's not going to matter anywhere. Well, Tyrese Maxey moves into the COVID protocols in Philadelphia. We've got a big game from Ferky from Turkey today as a result of that, but I don't think that's anything that we need to get too excited about. Let's look at the top ads over the last 24 hours in fantasy basketball. Terrence Ross up 37%. Makes a lot of sense. He should be rostered for now. While Brandon Clark uh, up 21 and Faku up 17%. Both of those guys are 12-team short-term options. Uh, Tyus Jones. Actually, how many Joneses have I got on this list? That's too many Joneses. One of them is Tyus Jones. I know that much. One of them is Herb Jones. I know that as well. Who's this other Jones? Am I just completely blanking? There's a lot of Joneses, isn't there? It's not Trey Jones, is it? Ah, Damian Jones. Of course, the other Jones. Anyway, Damian Jones up 16%. Great short-term ad. Jackson Hayes up 14%. Shit short-term ad. As soon as Valanciunas was back, he had no value. Caldwell Pope up 12%. Solid enough to stream in, but he was bad today. Uh, Otto Porter up 11% off the bench for the Warriors. Not sure he's going to maintain 12-team value. Obi Toppin up 9 um, I don't get to play this one very often, so let's do it. I don't want to hear any more about Obi-Wan. Um, Toppin's uh, value play for this week, for sure. And then Tyus up 7 and Herb up 5 Herb is fine as a defensive stats streamer, but we saw his minutes drop way down with Ingram back and the usage fell off a little bit there. While Tyus, four more games this week, he's worth an add just for that volume. In terms of players who were dropped, the most dropped players, Isaac Okoro down 38%, absolutely. The two McDanielses are on this list, Jaden down 13 and Jalen down 10. Both of those guys are 12-team drops. Metu down 13 is a 12-team drop. Pritchard 11 and Richardson 12 in Boston. Both of those guys can be 12-team uh, league drops. We had um, uh, Kemba Walker down by 10%. Hello! Out again with his knee injury for tomorrow. I think he's a drop. Horton Tucker down 9, clear drop. Kyle Anderson in COVID protocols down 8%, clear drop. DeMarcus Cousins down 8% as well, also a clear drop. But if you are looking to drop some subscription services that you signed up to, some you might have not even remembered signing up to. There's just so many that we do. Free trial, yeah, that sounds sick, man. Sign me up. And then it just charges you. Well, Truebill's here to stop that. They're here to Jack Armstrong all of those unwanted subscriptions. Whether you don't want them, you don't need them, or you simply forgot about them. Truebill helps you identify them and gets them right out of here. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. And because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them. So you don't have to cancel those subscriptions. They do it for you. Truebill has over 2 million users and helps save them over $100 million. Like Matty B, who says, In a matter of seconds, I saved $660 for the year of my DirecTV bill. I saved $120 for the year of my Sirius XM bill. And I saved $840 a year on my car insurance. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start cancelling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. That's Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Okay, let's go into the games. Talk about what happened. First game, the Hornets, big choke. They were up huge in this game, and the Wizards came back uh, and get the victory in the end, 
124-121. Big win there. Let's talk Charlotte. Lamelo Ball continues to be frustrating with the minutes. Only 31 here. I think he played like nine minutes in the first half. So a strong second half. 18-4-2. It's not the worst, but it's not the best. And he's outside the top 60 over the last two weeks on a per-game basis. I would be buying incredibly low on Lamelo Ball. Only shot 38% here. Missed his only free throw. Kelly Oubre played 12 minutes because Jack Armstrong. Get that garbage out of here! With everyone back, there's just not enough of a consistent role. Same goes for Cody Martin, who had seven points in 24 minutes, and Jalen McDaniels, who had four points in 20 minutes. These guys should not be considered must-roster 12-team league players. 42 minutes for Miles Bridges is awesome. 23 and 14 with four steals, while Hayward, who got the buy-low bump, just massive buy-low bump there for Hayward. 27 and 8, four assists, two steals, and two threes. That buy-low window has slammed right on your face. While Rogier had 25 with five triples and three steals. And a good game from Mason Plumley with PJ Washington somehow re-entering COVID protocols. Plumley had 8, 7, and 7 with two blocks. And as long as Peach is out, then we are looking for um we are looking for value there on Plumley as a short-term stream. But that is uh that's really about it. Um what else are we looking at on this Charlotte team? Um, all right, let's have a look. And I think that's it for Charlotte. Um, the Wizards. 41 minutes for the future uh, MVP, Kyle Kuzma. He was great. 36 and 14, three late triples, ended with six of them. Six assists, 50% shooting. Unbelievable stuff. 60 fantasy points. Great. Still not a top 100 player this year, but that is great. But there is no Harold. There is no Dinwiddie. There is no Hachimura. There is no Holiday. There is no Neto. He's got the brand name value. Whenever he puts up a good game, someone will always try and needle me with a comment. Hey, look, Kuzma's actually good. He is He is fine. He is solid enough. He is not a very good fantasy player. I would sell high based on this. And sell high does not mean sell him for a top 100 player. If you have Kuzma, it's probably because you like him anyway, so you're probably not wanting to trade him, to be fair. But if you do have him, you know, send him away for a top 70 player. If someone wants to buy into that top 55 over the last two weeks, he is. But I don't see it lasting long-term. Beal at point guard. Maybe that's his position. 35, 7, and 8 in 43 minutes. He's turning it on now. Fifth-ranked player over the last two weeks. 54 fantasy points. Great. Hitting his shots, hitting his free throws, getting to the line. Everything that was shit house to begin the year um, has turned around. 40 minutes for Denny Avdia. Seven points only on one of seven shooting. Horrific. But eight assists and four steals. I think he could become a 12-team league player. I think there's a possibility that he gets there. He's not there yet, but I think there is a possibility of that. KCP was shocking. Five points on 18% shooting in 31 minutes. He was playing okay, but you know what? Outside the top 240 over the last two weeks, 145th for the season. He is not a must-roster player. He just isn't. Um, Kispert had 12 points in 23 minutes, while Bertans had 14. But there's so many guys. Gafford, actually, 36 minutes. 15-11 with three blocks for Dan on 86% shooting. Some pretty good numbers there. Must roster, but sell high because Harrell will come back and eat into that playing time. I have absolutely no doubt. The Rockets and the Sixers, a blowout here. The Sixers win at 133-113. That's not really a surprise. The Rockets were without Porter and um, Wood. Suspended as expected. But they got Gary Bird back. Garrison Matthews started, had 23 points on 60% shooting with four threes. Do not look at this as an excuse to add Garrison Matthews in 12-team leagues. This was a good game. It was unsustainable shooting. He will not get this usage every game. Good game. 
Don't buy into it. Joshy Christopher had 13, 2, and 4 with three steals. Good game for him, but not quite ready to be a 12-teamer. Well, KJ Martin had 11 and 8. Still like what he's doing. Still not enough playing time to be a 12-teamer. Um, Jalen Green, yeah, first bad game since returning from injury. 12 points on 25% with no other peripherals. He'd been really good prior to that, and we still got to hold on to him uh, in 12-team leagues with how he'd been playing. Well, Tice had 7 points on 23% shooting. At least he grabbed the 9 boards with a block, but yeah, he's going to go back out of the rotation really soon. Uh, the Wild Thing had 14-3-5. That's Jay Sean Tate with a steal and two blocks. Good numbers across the board. Still not a top 125 player this season, despite some really, really um, big numbers at times and then some shit ones at other times, obviously, to balance that out. He is a 12-team league guy for now. I'm not convinced he stays there. Embiid, triple-double. 31-15-11, one steal, two blocks, 60% from the field, 69 fantasy points. Giggity. That's great. He's sixth in the category leagues this year. With Maxi out, they started Ferky from Turkey. Korkmaz had 24, 11, and 6 in 36 minutes. Now, to see a line like that from Korkmaz, it feels like you're in a fever dream. He has been shocking all season, and then him getting six assists is just the icing on the cake to make me think that I've taken LSD or something like that. Big minutes, big numbers. Do not buy into it for a second. Seth Curry played at point guard, and he was bad early. Rescued the line towards the end with 15, 5, and 5. While the thick hogsman, Tobias Harris. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. 14, 6, and 6 in 35 minutes. He's been disappointing this season. Um, someone wrote a comment on one of the videos the other day. This reminds me of this. I think it was about Tobias Harris. Said, I hate it. I hate when Josh says the players aren't good. They're in the NBA. Of course they're good. Like, no shit. So I'm, I'm not... This is my blanket disclaimer for every podcast I record from here on out. If I say not good, the translation in your head should be, this player is not good based on good players in the NBA standard. They are not a good level starter quality NBA player. That is what I mean. Yes, they will destroy any other basketball player in, in the world. No problem. Good is not relative to the population of 7 billion. It's relative to the top 150 players in the NBA. That is what we're talking about. That is why I say it. And it's a long bloody spiel to say every time I say someone's not good. Well, of course, in the NBA, they're very good players. But in relativity to everybody else playing, they are not good. No. we. I, I thought we knew what we were talking about. But there you go. There's your disclaimer. That is what I mean when I say they're not good. Danny Green, six points in 23 minutes with two threes. He was back starting with the painter Matisse Thibel out. Um... Yeah, look, he's only just a deeper league sort of guy. Well, the big avocado had eight and seven. Andre Drummond in 17 minutes. Interesting for Isaiah Joe. 18 points with five triples in 21 minutes. With Maxi out, there is maybe some deep league streaming value there for um, Joey. Good numbers. I, I like him. Just got to be a little bit more consistent. The Grizzlies. Well, they were well up here on the Nets. Smashed them, in fact. And then the Nets came back with their bench unit. In the end, it was a 14-point victory. 118-104 for Memphis. Des Bain, 37 minutes, 29 points, 5 triples, 8 rebounds, 2 seals. The buy low, sorry, the sell high window is absolutely just smashed open. It is so wide open that you have to look at it. I know, no, Josh, he's really good. He's a really good shooter. He's going to be able to maintain it. Half of that statement, I agree. He is really good. He is a really good shooter. He played 37 minutes and took 23 shots more than Ja Morant. It's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. It just has no... If Desmond Bain averages 20 shots a game from here on out, I don't know. I'll bear my ass on this podcast. I don't know what I'll do. I'll do something because it's just... We can say that he's good 
and we can love it and we can get swept up in the moment of it. But you've got to be realistic when considering the players that have to return. Like he was sharing the court with Killian Tilly, not Dylan Brooks. Big difference. Morant was great also. 36, 6 and 8 on 64%. Unfortunately, just 6 of 10 from the line, but good numbers there. While they did start Tilly in that small forward spot that had previously been Brooks's and then was Conchar's and then was Anderson's. And now it's Tilly. He only played 16 minutes and had two steals and a block and missed all six of his shots. Maybe if he had hit some of some shots, he would have played more minutes. Instead, it was Jarrett Culver who played 30 minutes and had 12 points with three steals. Good to see Culver doing at least something, considering how bad he has been in the three years in his league relative to other NBA players. Um... But I wouldn't really, you know, there's four games left this week. Maybe Culver streams in, but it's I wouldn't be looking at him as a 12-team league option at this stage. It was a bad game from Jaron Jackson. Five points on 17% shooting. He blocked three shots and had one steal. Um, yeah, buy low. Look, that People get frustrated with Jackson a lot. He has had lots of struggles this year, integrating playing alongside Jar Morant. So that's worth noting, but he is better than this. For the Nets, they were without LaMarcus Aldridge with a sore foot. So Claxton started again, had 11-3 and three with two steals and a block. I am still holding Claxton, but I'm a little worried about what they're going to do to his minutes. They started Bembry over Brown, and that whole position is just a mess, really. Like, that's going to change when Kyrie plays, and that's why they need that dickhead to play every game because having these lineups with so many non-shooters out there, like two of them with Brown and Claxton at times, it's a real struggle. Brown did put up numbers in the comeback, 10-7-5, two steals and four blocks. In fact, fantastic numbers. But there's just no trust in him being able to do that regularly. Jimmy Harden, I thought was pretty poor in this game. 19-4-8 with a steal and a block. Well, Durant wasn't at his best either, but still racked up numbers. 26 points, 6 assists, 3 steals, 3 blocks, but shot just 33%. And it was just a weird game from the starters. Paddy Mills was, oh, honestly, that's that's one of the worst. Tony Snell looks at that and goes, you're terrible. Zero points on th- uh, in 30 minutes, 0 of 6 shooting, and registered 1 assist. It wasn't quite a 30 trillion, but it was pretty bloody close. One one assist. Mills, I don't think, is a 12-team league player. In fact, in a 10-team league now, I would drop him. I've got no problem with dropping him. In a 12-team league, if you need to make forward-facing moves, he's just not going to be able to have that value long-term. Bembry had six points in his 22 minutes, but yeah, that's cool. doesn't really mean anything for most fantasy leagues. Let us go on to the next game. We've got the Utah Jazz getting the victory comfortably in the end over the Pelicans, 115-104. Just more of the same stuff for the Jazz, and that's fine. He's done. He's good. Mitchell had 29-3-5 with three steals and five triples, and it was a good game from Conley, actually. 24-8-7 with four threes. He is the 75th-ranked player this season. He's been really good. He's under the radar good, I think, um, but not good numbers there. Well, Gobert, 10 points on 38% is, is rough, but 17 rebounds, two steals, two blocks. Good numbers, nonetheless. Jordan Clarkson played just the 24 minutes. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. He shot well, 50%, 14 points, but his lack of other numbers is always what keeps him out of being a must-roster 12-teamer to me. Well, Ingles is a drop, two points with six assists, and Baz Marty, Royce O'Neal, five points, 29 minutes, outside the top 275 over the last two weeks. The upside is nowhere near high enough to deal with the, slump, the slumps like this. On to the Pelicans. We talked about um, the return. I've talked about the return of Jonas Valanciunas a little bit earlier in the show. Jonas Valanciunas. 30 minutes, 25 and 9 with three threes. And of course, with him back, Jackson Hayes played 13 minutes. Jackson Hayes, thank you for your service, but... Get that garbage out of here! 8 and 6 in 13 minutes. Drop him. 
Simple. I think he's got the backup job here over Billy. Hernan Gomez played five minutes, but Hayes has got that job. Brandon Ingram returned. Maybe your field goal percentage wishes he didn't. 10 points on 17%, but seven assists to three and a block in 31 minutes. And with Ingram back, Herb Jones played just 30 minutes. And that was the pattern. Jones played 37, 37, 37, I think it was, in the three games Ingram was out. And the games before, he played 29, 30, 31. You know, seven minutes is a huge difference. Jones was still useful. Four steals and a block is still really good. But those numbers he was putting up as a top 75 player based on really high block numbers and those increase in minutes was not something I think was going to maintain. Have him, by all means. Yeah, four steals a game is not going to maintain. Easy. You know it's not going to maintain. And if he's getting 30 minutes on low usage versus 38 minutes on better usage, it changes his value significantly. Love him. Love him as a defender. I think he's really useful. I just think he's going to end up to me like a Dorian Finney-Smith, maybe more like a Royce O'Neal fantasy contributor. And that's fine without being spectacularly good. Josh the Hitman Hart had 15, 9, and 4. Unfortunately, just 1 of 4 from the line, but otherwise good numbers. And Devontae Graham, yeah, nothing good. 15, no, no. I wish he had 15. 11 points, 3 threes, and 4 assists. Alexander Walker. This bloke's just so out of control when he plays. I don't know. He's just not fun to watch, I don't think. 13 points in 24 minutes. He is, yeah, outside the top 200 this season, not a 12-team or 14-team league guy at this point. And I'm not sure that he's going to get there. On to the next one. The Detroit Pistons on the road get the win against the Bucks. Holy shit. 115-106. They welcome back, welcomed back Josh Jackson, Trey Lyles, Kate Cunningham, Saban Lee, Killian Hayes, all back. And they're going to get Isaiah Stewart back next game and probably Corey Joseph. Let's talk about the depressed penis, Sadiq Bay. 39 minutes, 34 points, 8 triples, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, and a block. Just amazing. He was so, so bad to begin this season, and he is dominating. But, but, 39 minutes is absolutely no chance of continuing all season. 62% shooting from three has no chance of continuing. 27 usage, when Jeremy Grant returns, has no chance of, re- uh, of continuing. None of this stuff is sustainable. He's done it for a short period of time, and he's been very, very impressive. And I hated on him at the start of the year. I was pretty down on what he was doing. I thought he just looked horrible. And and that's because he did pretty easily, pretty obviously. Like, he did not look good at all. Um, but he's turned it around. It's helped that the opportunity has come his way with absences to other players, as Obi tries to get up and, and look around. Um, but he is... Yeah, look, he's not... Um, He's not this good. Put it that way. Same as Josh Jackson's not this good. 24 points in just 20 minutes with five threes and five rebounds. He shot 69 from the field. And of course, Grant and Stewart and Frank Jackson, they're all going to come back and impact Josh, who was out of the rotation. Um, Good game. Don't read into it. Well, Cunningham had 19, 4, and 7. And Trey Lyle started at center, pushing 40 minutes of Luca Garza, which we got the last couple of games, back to just 15 minutes. Lyle's had 11 and 7. But honestly, Isaiah Stewart might return literally next game. And Lyle's value drops off. Talked about it in the um, Buy Low, Sell High show today that Hamadou Diallo was not going to be able to maintain that value. He had 11, 9, and 5 with one steal on 42% shooting. Minutes down, usage down, steals down. It was all, it's, it's all very obvious. Hold him, sure, but it's he's not going to maintain top 100, top 120, probably top not, not one top 
try again. That was a, a mis- mishmash of a sentence. Probably not top 150 value rest of season. Saban Lee, just the 14 minutes. Well, Justin Robinson played 23 minutes and about 17 straight minutes, I think, in this one. Um, five points in 23 minutes for Jazza. Onto the Bucks, They were without Dante DiVincenzo, who's out for the next couple of weeks, as I said. But they did welcome back Chris Middleton. Middleton didn't do too much. 10 and 6 in 28. While Holiday had 29, 5 and 5. And Giannis had 31, 10 and 7. And uh, Portis, 12 and 14. Decent numbers from Bob. But he's obviously cooled down from where he was to begin the year. Boogie Cousins, 9 points. Just drop him. I don't know why you're holding him in 12-team leagues, if any of you are. While Grayson Allen had 5 points on 18%. Now, I guess he can be a streamer while DiVincenzo's out. Because he took 11 shots. And he got two steals, but I don't think he's a high-priority guy. Same as Connaughton, who had three points in 22 minutes. When Holiday, Portis, Giannis, and Middleton are there, Connaughton and Allen are just afterthoughts, and they're just streamers, and they're just 14-team league players, I believe. The Orlando Magic, again, keeping it close against a very good team, a much better team than yesterday's game, and that's the Chicago Bulls, 102-98. Just keeping it close, getting the losses. Let's talk about this bloke. Franz Wagner, another big game. 22 points in only 28 minutes, five rebounds, three assists, 62% shooting. He's playing at a really high level. And I know there are people who push back on me on this all the time. Yeah, I see it, a basketball monster, whatever. I do not think that Franz Wagner has any shot at maintaining this value. Can he be good? Yeah, pretty clearly. But And I know he's improved since then. But at the start of the season, when Suggs was there, when Anthony was there, when Bumba was playing more than 23 minutes, he was like 120th ranked player, 110th. And now we've still got to factor in Fultz at some point. Suggs' return. Anthony's return. Isaac's return. I assume at some point they will all play. And while Wagner, Wagner might maintain 32 minutes, and I absolutely think he wouldn't. And I said this from week, week two. Chumarakiki's not taking his minutes. I don't worry about that. There will be some hit to him. Just even if he stays the same with his minutes, he won't remain the number one offensive option, which he currently is. Anthony will get the shots. Suggs will get the shots. Even if Isaac takes two or three shots, it's more than having Admiral Schofield or Robin Lopez or Tim Frazier in the starting five. Like They are gigantic differences. Wagner's been impressive. And no, I don't believe for a second he is a rookie of the year. Like he's not, he is not leading the rookie of the year. I don't believe that for a second. And I love the bloke. I think he's really good. He hasn't been that good. But there is, there is plenty of um, talk about Franz at the moment. You can sell high. I think you can sell real high. Now, sell high does not mean getting a top 80 player back. It means getting top 50. Try it. You'll be surprised at how many people love this bloke. I think Wendell Carter Jr. has been equally as impressive, though. 21 and 10 with four assists, and I think that sticks. I think he maintains the minutes when Isaac returns over Bumba. Bumba, three points, 23 minutes. COVID is impacting him, or maybe they are actually expecting... Are they like saying, oh, I think Isaac might be returning and we're just going to keep Mo in a bench or smaller role? I don't know what's happening there. I'm holding Bumba, but it's not great. And then after my uh, after my marginally passionate discussion about Tim Frazier yesterday, he started, of course, uh, but only played 18 minutes. Good. Zero points in 18 minutes with five assists while Roderick Hampton played 32, nine points, eight rebounds, three assists. Now, I'm not saying that Hampton was awesome. He was all right, but that's the, they're the minutes you should get. Terry Ross had 15 in 29 minutes, while Gary Harris. Nice, Gary! 19 points, 5 threes, 2 steals, and a block. And those 33 minutes, they're going to turn into 24. Suggs is going to come back. Anthony's going to come back. The shots are going to disappear. A huge sell high, as I talked about on the show today. Huge sell high. For the Bulls, 
when I had him on the Sal High show a few weeks ago, DeMar Rose, and I said, look, this dude is shooting like 97% from the free throw line. He's a really good free throw shooter, but he will not maintain this. This is his strongest category. It is making him a top eight player. He will not be a top 10 player rest of the season because this will not continue. DeRozan over the last two weeks is the 73rd ranked player. He went seven of 13 from the line today. He had 29, three and two still, but one steal. But overall, not a great fantasy line. And the numbers have dropped off for him. Some of this stuff is as clear as dog balls, but because people love love these players, it's where you really have to dig into psychology and fantasy basketball and selling high. I can say, I think DeRozan will be a top 25 player. And then he's currently the seventh ranked player. And you say he's a sell high and people lose their mind. You're a hater. You just hate it. Yeah. He's, and I go, well, do you think he's going to remain at that level? Yeah. He might actually get better. Yeah, okay, cool. I'm wrong on shit all the time. But this is what I'm, you know, when I, when I talk through things and when I explain why things are a buy low or sell high, that my reasons are there for it. And you say, look, DeRozan will be better than this. Like he's 73rd over the last two weeks. If someone actually buys that, he's a massive buy low. Like you take advantage of this slump. But it's what's going to happen. Like when someone's riding the crest of something that's utterly unsustainable, they are going to drop away. Happened here. Lonzo Ball returned only three points, which is bad. But seven rebounds, seven assists, and three steals. While Kobe White maintained the minutes. 35 minutes for Cope. 17 points, not much else. Now, it does help that Javante Green was out and Alex Caruso was out. So when Caruso comes back, I fear that White's value is going to dip off a little bit. Zach Levine, 27, three rebounds, zero assists is pretty rough. But otherwise, good numbers there from Zach. Who do you think ranks higher this season for the Bulls, Levine or DeRozan? The answer is Levine. 16th versus DeRozan's 23rd. Uh, Troy Brown was also pretty good here. Eight rebounds, four assists, two steals, and a block with three points in this 20 minutes. But again, he is being helped out by the absence of Green and the absence of Alex Caruso. Next game, the Denver Nuggets lose to the Mavericks 89-103. to Big Chungus, Nikola Jokic. Um, 27 and 16, only the three assists, but good percentages. He maintains his grip at number one, but he is 12th over the last two weeks. 54 fantasy points, while Farton Will Barton had 12, 4, and 6, and Farku had 8, 5, and 5. And while Monty Morris is out, Farku is a 12-team league player. Aaron Gordon got a bit of the buy-low bump, 15 and 7 on 78% shooting. Had two steals, allegedly was on a minutes restriction despite playing 33. And then um, Austin Rivers hurt his thumb only the 19 minutes. That meant that we got more minutes for Davon Reed, who had two points in 26, and the big stiffy. Bones Highland returned, played 25 minutes, and Popeye Jones said, yeah, I thought he knew more of the playbook than he did. Like, what the what? <laughs> okay, cool. Um, yeah, that's not great, is it? Uh, Highland can be left on the waiver wire in most spots. Got a lot of blowout minutes here. Carlick Jones and Bowl and Corneli and Rajon Tucker. For the Mavericks, Doncic, I thought was, yeah, that's some pretty good numbers. 21, 8, and 15 with four steals. Unfortunately, shot poorly, but good numbers over the over the totality there. While Chris Stapp's, Porzingis. Porzingis. COVID protocols for him now. So that means Maxi Kleber started. 31 minutes, 10 points, and he had a Richie Benno. Two for two, two, two. This is why I like Maxi Kleber as a fantasy player, because he has Richie Richie Benno potential. And now, with Porzingis out, it'll be a rough ride, and he'll probably do some shit games. He's had some shit ones this season. I think he's worth grabbing. 
Finney Smith had foul trouble. That kept him to 18 minutes, just the 10 points, while Brunson started once more. 34 minutes, 13 points, four assists, two steals. Hold Brunson. Don't think you need to hold Tim Hardaway as tightly. Six points in 22 minutes, while Bullock had 15 with four threes in 29. I think the fact that Brunson's there, Hardaway's on the bench, and Bullock's up and down. Kid wants to play Josh Green more, allegedly. Well, allegedly, he said it. Whether he does it or not, who knows? Um, so we, we have to think of Hardaway, I think, in the Jordan Clarkson mold of a scorer, three-point streamer, who you can look to in 12s, but doesn't have to be a must-roster player. As for Green, he played 17 minutes for six points, and Marquise Chris had two in 16 minutes. You're in a very deep league. Chris, for the short term, might have some value with Porzingis uh, on the sideline. All right, let's go to the next game. The Hawks against the Blazers. Really bad loss, this one, for Atlanta without uh, Portland without Damian Lillard. They lose 136-131. They were up pretty big as well towards the end, but they just could not stop Portland. For the Hawks, Trey Young, 56 points. Holy shit. 14 assists, 15 of 15 from the line. He hit seven triples. He's been amazing uh, this season, Trey. Top 10 player, especially after last season, taking a step back. He's been great. Capella was also pretty good, 22 and 11. But with their deficiencies on the wing, starting three non-starters makes it hard. Luau Cabro, eight points in 19 minutes. Skylar Mays, yeah, the, the gloss wore off. Four points in 22. While Fanta Pants, Kevin Herter returned. He's not actually a starter on this team. Played 37, had 18 points. Now, for now, he is a short-term ad, but they're without Bogdanovich, Reddish, and Hunter, and all those guys are going to eat into his value. We saw the return of the Italian cock, Danilo Gallinari. Hands off my cock! 7 and 11 with four assists in 35 minutes in his first game back, while Delon had 8, 5, and 3 with two steals. Wright played 32 minutes here. Um, again, just a, a deeper league streamer for those steal numbers. Well, for the Blazers, there was no... Um, Lillard or no CJ, but they did get back Covington and Nurkic. Nurkic played 26 minutes only, but had 21, 12, and 5. Unfortunately, some rough percentages, 8 of 18 from the field, but great counting stats. While Larry Nance, just the two points for Nance. It's really hard with Covington and Nurkic back and then Lillard and McCullum back for me to see Nance as anything more than a deeper league player. 2, 5, and 5. He put up good numbers when those guys were out and he was playing center, but now he sort of gets lost in the mix and it's going to get worse. Powell had 26, uh, 6 and 4 with four steals. Good game there. While Little, 22 and 9. Try to sell high in this here, Little, if you can, because he is going to cop it when those other guys return. I guess I've buried the lead for the Blazers because Anthony Simons was amazing. 39 minutes, 43 points, 7 assists, 8 of 8 from the line, 9 of 16 from deep, and 13 of 21 from the field. Now, it is possible that Damian Lillard misses more time. Chauncey Billups said something alluding to that in the pregame. So Simons is worth at least a grab. And we'll see what happens with Lillard. Ben McLemore fell back to earth 10 points in 22 minutes while Covington got four steals, but only played 24 minutes. He is a defensive specialist at this point, not must roster if you don't need those categories, but I probably would still hold. Or Dennis Smith played only 12 minutes with Simons, getting nearly all of those minutes um, in place of Damian Lillard. The next game was the Warriors. They hosted the Miami Heat. They win it in the end, 115-108. The bad news in this one is that Jimmy Butler went down with another ankle injury. He had 22 points in 28 minutes, but the dude cannot stay healthy. He has struggled all season with multiple tailbone issues, ankle injuries, and now this another ankle injury. Um, we hope he's okay, but it didn't look great. Yet to be helped off the court. With him out, with Duncan Robinson out, with Gabe Vincent and Max Struess out, I don't know what the hell they do. Obviously, Caleb Martin gets a boost. 36 minutes, 19 and 9, two steals and a block, must roster. But it's possible that Vincent and the Winter Soldier, Max Struess, could return for next game. I think that I would look at Struess as a replacement for Butler, 
but Vincent also becomes a 12-team streamable player. I would, I would have Struess marginally over Vincent. Vincent's more of a 1-2, whereas Struess is more of a 2-3. More replacement there for Butler. But Martin has a ton of value as well. Omar Yurt 7, yeah, I thought he struggled a little bit in this game, but just the five points. But 17 boards and two steals is still solid, while Tyler Hero had 18 points in 42 minutes. Interestingly, they brought PJ Tucker off the bench. I imagine Tucker just slides back in with Butler out. Um, into that lineup. Not that you want him for a 12-team format. He played 28 off the bench for six points. But they had to play Kyle Guy, 25 minutes, 14 points with four triples. And maybe he can be a deeper league sort of player um, to, to be that option in, say, 16-team leagues if Butler does, in fact, miss. For the Warriors, Draymond Green returned only five points, but eight boards, 13 assists, one steal, and five blocks. That's just awesome. He's a top 50 player this season. Well, Wiggins had 22, 6, and 4. Interestingly, they kept Jordan Poole on the bench, and he went ridiculous, 71%, but only 26 minutes. That is a worry. 32 points, 5 threes, and 5 assists. I would be trying to sell after this performance as much as I could. Gary Payton played 30 minutes, 14 points with 4 steals and a block for the doctor. He will hurt, I would imagine, quite a bit when Clay returns on the weekend. But if they're getting Poole ready for a bench roll, because Clay's returning... And his bench roll is 23 to 25 minutes. That's not great for Jordan's value. Otto Porter, only 19 minutes with Draymond back. 10 points. He's a drop. Well, it was a rough night from Steph. Really rough, in fact. Nine points on 18%. He did have 10 assists, though, while Damian Lee only played 11 minutes and John Kaminga just the seven minutes for him. Now we go on to the last game. The Minnesota Timberwolves. They get the big win over the Clippers on the road. 122-104 is your final score there. Um, no Towns, no Russell again. Goose, 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 Anthony Edwards. Much more efficient here. He needs to get to the line more, just one free throw attempt, but 28 points with five triples, while Patrick Beverly had 11, three, and 12. In just 21 minutes, uh, two steals, must roster player. Cannot stress that enough. He did have, uh, no, he didn't have foul trouble, sorry, looking at the wrong thing. Jaden McDaniels had a big night, 18 points with four threes, 70% shooting. I don't buy him as a 12-team league guy, while Jared Vanderbilt by the nine rebounds in 28. I do buy him. Naz Reed had 13 and six with a triple one, but his value is about to drop because Towns should return next game. While Beasley, you can uh, Jack Armstrong him all the way out of here. Get that garbage out of here! 11 points in 20 minutes. Jalen Noel outplayed him. 28 minutes for Noel, 8, 6, and 6. Noel was, is playing well, but he's only a very deep league player. While the artist, formerly known as Torian Prince, had 17 points with two threes, two steals, and a block. Good game. There's nowhere near this level of playing time available to him when Russell and Towns are back, but he's established himself ahead of someone like a Josh Okogie, maybe even Malik Beasley. For the Clippers, Serge Barker just 20 minutes, but 17 points on perfect shooting. But the fact that they have no centers and he plays just 20 minutes, is indicative of where he's going to land moving forward. Xavier M. Moon had 13 points in 26 minutes with five steals and a block. Good game from Xavier. Um, again, this is a two-way or 10-day hardship guy that I don't think we need to pay too much attention to, but this was just a shit game from the Clippers. Bad from Marcus Morris, 12 points. One point from Eric Bledsoe is disgustingly bad. Five points for Reggie Jackson's equally as bad. Um, uh, Terrence Mann, 7-1-3. and three. Everybody just stunk. On the Clippers. So if you have Man, you're holding. If you have Morris, you're holding. If you added Bledsoe, you're holding. If you've got Jackson, you're holding. We don't read too much into this game. Amir Coffey played 29 minutes for nine points. Um, but again, just a, a stinker of a game where the rotation's all upside its own head. It's all over the shop. And I wouldn't read massive, massive amounts into it at this point. Let's look at the lines of the night before we get out of here. The monstrous line of the night is 
Trey Young with his big 50 and 10 game, or more than 50 and 10. Anthony Simons is your waiver wire line of the night. At least while Lillard's out, he's got some good value. Your young gun is the depressed penis, Sadiq Bay, absolutely riding high, while the dud of the night is Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Your top players in nine category leagues today. Number one, it is Joel... No, it's not. It's Trey Young. Joel Embiid is number two, then Simons, Kuzma, Bay, Don Mitchell, Draymond Green, Nikola Jokic, Brad Beal, and Miles Bridges. Your waiver wire players, the top 10 performances, Simons, yep, 12-team short-termer. Corkmars, I don't buy it. Bruce Brown, I don't buy it. Deeper league plays. Josh Jackson, I also don't buy it. But Caleb Martin, I do. I would add Caleb Martin over Max Struess, over Gabe Vincent. That would be the order that I'd add those guys with Butler out. Torian Prince was good, but I don't buy that at all. Nasir Little, yeah, okay. Stream him in at least 14-team leagues for now, while Garrison Matthews will lose value next game when Porter returns. Ibaka, no. And Maxi Kleber, some value with Porzingis out. And then, if we look at the top 10 in points leagues, it is Trey Young at number one, followed by Embiid, Doncic, Bridges, Kuzma, Simons, Durant, Beal, Jokic, and then lastly... Giannis, and that will do it for today's show. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Hit up the Locked On Bets podcast as well, wherever you find podcasts. And if you are here on YouTube, give me a thumbs up. Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.